So, tonight we'll uh, take questions. Any questions? Chaita Guru. Chaita Guru is uh, a uh, term they used to refer to the idea that God is in the heart. Krishna mentions in the Gita that Sarvasya Chaham Hridisane Bishto is in the heart of his devotees. That's a more specific sense. He's in the heart of everyone, but he's in the heart of his devotees. So, what is the difference? That um, the difference is that not everyone is a is a devotee in in um, in confession and practice, but God, nonetheless, um, accompanies the jiva wherever he goes, and figuratively speaking, in the heart, in the same way that the self is said to be figuratively speaking within the heart, yatma. It's not like if you took the heart apart, you'd find him there. But, figuratively uh, um, speaking, also, then, with regard to the general idea that God is in the heart, and then, and then, uh, trying to contemplate that, so a form of God is um, described in the sacred text as residing in the heart, four-armed, Vishnu standing in a lotus and, and and so forth. So this is for conceptualization, kind of a tool, if you will, as explained in the sutras of uh, Vyasa's commented on in his Sri Basya by Bhavadeva Bidibhushan, the great uh, Gaudi Vaishnav commentator on Vedanta Sutra. So, at any rate, for conceptualization, hmm, uh, form of the Lord is, is given. This um, idea also of meditating on God in the heart is given in the Bhagavatam. When Sugadev begins to speak, this is beginning in the second canto. The first canto is all building up to the um, introducing the book and so forth, but building up to the um, the curse, which comes at the end of the first canto of the Raj Parikshit that gave rise to his going to the Ganges and Sugadev's appearance and and a second narrative. This is a narrative within a narrative. As I say, there's a building up to this, a telling of the story, and then the story itself begins in the second canto. Sukadeva appears, Parikshit marches at the bank of the Ganges, asking the pertinent questions. What is the purpose of life? What is death? What to do at the time of death? And so forth. So Sukadeva appears, and um, and when he begins to speak positively, if you will, about uh, spiritual life. He also speaks negatively, perhaps first. Grihe shugrihe medinam. So there are many, many questions, many, many pursuits in life, and so on and so forth. And people are distracted and whatnot. And the uh, basic idea of the glare of material nature is is presented, and so forth. But when he goes, and that's a negative impetus then for spiritual life. When he goes to the positive side. He begins to speak about the Lord and the heart, hmm. meditation on the Lord and the heart. But you have to understand the Bhagavatam, of course, in, in, in context. And so, ultimately, um, it is speaking about Uttam Bhakti, as defined by Rupa Goswami. And he takes from a verse in the Bhagavatam, in the first canto, in the second chapter, hmm. and from Nard Pancharatra. Nard's verse on bhakti, and he has his own, writes his own verse. Anyabhilashita shunyam gyan karmade anabhita manukulena kushnanu shilanam bhakti uttam. So uttam bhakti, one of the different kinds of bhakti. This is uttam. Uttam means highest, pure. Ananya bhakti, exclusive bhakti. Another term for it. So this is the subject matter of the Bhagavatam, but it speaks about it directly and indirectly. So, and also there's a mixed audience. The idea is 
along the banks of the Ganges where many people have gathered to entertain the king's questions and ultimately to listen to Sugadev's answers. So when there's a mixed audience, you may say different things to touch different people and affect different persons hmm? in ways that are appropriate for them, in ways that they can identify uh, with what you're speaking about and, and uh, make a connection there, of course. So this is one example. Hmm? He speaks about, I'll give a few of them, meditating on the Lord within the heart. He speaks about uh, meditating on a, 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 an idea that God, the form of God is the universe. The trees are the hairs, and the mountains are his bones, and the sun is one eye, the moon is the other. The birata rupa, hmm, conception. He speaks about the world in that way. <clears throat> and later, um, another example is how he speaks about the, the world um, when Parikshit Marsh asks in the fifth canto to speak about the, uh, the nature of material nature. And the way he poses the question, Vishnu Chakritaka in his commentary brings out the point that he's not asking for his own sake, hmm? but for those who are involved in, in, in yoga mixed with bhakti. Hmm? And so a subtle form, conception, way of thinking about the world hmm? and being preoccupied with it is brought forth by Sugadev that's suitable for yogis to meditate on. And in his commentary, Vishwanath Chakvitark makes it clear, and this will be the case as we go backwards in the examples I've given as well, that for the devotees who have shraddha, who by good sangha, good association, have developed shraddha, faith in Krishna, hmm? and that which plays itself out as he is my, my, my ishta, my ishta David, my god, and... Uh, as they say in Christianity, you'll have no other gods before me, something like that. Uh, so exclusive devotion to Krishna. Um, such persons, such shraddha, and therefore the, the qualification to tread the path of bhakti, while shraddha is necessary faith to do anything, or to tread any path, in the other paths within the, uh, uh, the Hindu text, we have the path of karma, the path of yoga, the path of jnana. You also need faith to, in the efficacy of such teaching to, to pursue them, but you need other qualifications as well. Whereas in bhakti, you don't need any other qualifications, just the requisite faith. So, this is the generosity of bhakti and the power of bhakti. It doesn't seek qualification. It qualifies people in ways that nothing else could, no other practice could. At any rate, those who are treading that path, they will meditate on the form of the Lord as he appears, for example, in the, in the deity, in the visions of great uh, devotees who depict him in, in poetry and art and so forth, or more or less, I want to say, directly on the form of Bhagavan. Hmm? They have eligibility for that, such as the nature of their faith and so forth. So they're not preoccupied with the fifth canto explanation of the, of the world, which is rather abstract and... Uh, and uh, Again, speaking to uh, yogis can be a little complicated and uh, <laughs> and uh, full of subtle meditations on uh, subtle subtle body and uh, movements and so on and so forth. So yogis then we go backwards again. The universal form again. This is a very general idea, hmm? um, and uh, it's not necessarily for devotees. It's not a bad thing, um, but they have a more direct form of meditation that they should be preoccupied with based on their faith. And then the Lord in the heart, which is now, you know, your, your question, the Chaitu Guru. So these, this, these are all, these are three examples of speaking about um, a, a preoccupation with a spiritual practice, a meditation on God that is more relevant to, as I say, other people in the audience and which is spoken in such a way as to um, strike a balance and make a comparison, I should say, between bhakti, hmm? shuddha bhakti, uttam bhakti, and bhakti mixed with yoga, bhakti mixed with jnana, bhakti mixed with karma, and so on and so forth. So, it, 
as the Gita speaks directly about Uttam Bhakti and then indirectly about other types of practice. And there's really a comparison going on there in a sense. So you have to understand it in context. And this is how he begins like this. He speaks about the universal form. He speaks about meditation on the Lord and the heart and so forth. Um, but um, that, again, now, Lord of the heart, so to speak, is, 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 and he describes Vishnu, forearms standing for, for the sake of contemplation, um, uh, is a very kind of general idea. The other idea, which is more relevant to the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, is the idea that they that the Lord, who's the director of the wanderings of all living beings, as he's described, hmm? it said Brahmanda in, in the Bengali text of Krishna Das Kaviraj, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Latubij. That the Brahmanda means the universe, so the the, 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 the jiva is wandering throughout the world. Uh, the implication is through different species of life. Hmm? And by the grace of God, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagyavan. Bhagya means here lucky. Hmm? Lucky, the word lucky, good, the word good fortune, the word causeless, which is often invoked. Uh, these are, of course, translations, but in, in the texts, all refer to Sadhu Sangha. Hmm? Causeless means that. Outside of cause and effect, outside of the movement of cause and effect, which is uh, the the karmic circle, hmm? some people are moving, as described in the Gita, daivim prakritim ashrita mahatmanas tumhamparta arjun. There are people that I call the mahatmas, great souls, and they're moving under a different influence. Daivim prakritim, divine energy. That means. Bhakti means moving under the influence of my Swarup Shakti, not under the influence of my Maya Shakti. Hmm? Under the influence of Maya Shakti means in the karmic um, treadmill. Hmm? Um, so to come in touch with persons uh, who, who got off the treadmill, so to speak, uh, and are moving under the influence of Bhakti, then through that influence, bhakti comes into our our life, and and so as the jiva is wandering, he becomes lucky. It means he gets sadhusanga, and he gets the sadhusanga. This verse says, "By the grace of God." So God, who's in the heart in a general way, brings him in touch with the guru. Then the guru it is said brings him in touch with God, and he brings him in touch with God in a way that he was not in touch with God previously, although God was in his heart. So there's two concepts of God in the heart here that I'm talking about, Chaitya Guru. The general idea, God directing the wanderings, which means that, that if God is to be merciful, then there has to be some justice, or where's the question of mercy? Because mercy is, is a, it constitutes, in one sense, overriding justice. So the principle of karma is operative, and God doesn't interfere, hmm? but serves as a kind of a sanction, if you will, of uh, of the, uh, the 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 karmic machine, you put in, you get something out, and he's keeping it plugged in, so to speak. So it works effectively. Hmm? Um, this is a very general kind of way in which God is kind of not involved in our life, but you could say in, involved, hmm? deferring to karma, but sometimes more directly by way of overriding the karma, hmm? right? And so the appearance of avatars in the world, the movement of saints, are instances of, of, of God's kind of overriding the justice and distributing the, the grace. Hmm? And it is going everywhere, in a sense, and indiscriminately, and it's catching hold to different degrees and different persons, and at a certain point it manifests as faith. And you think, well, if it's going everywhere, why isn't everybody getting it? Well, everybody's getting it on some level, but... There's, there's maybe small beginnings, even even prior to human life, you may be getting. Don't expect that suddenly by the touch, um, uh, the trees and insects are going to become great devotees. It might be possible, and there are instances of this said to have happened in the in the in the, uh, in the manifest presence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But it's not the general course. So there's a beginning, 
spreading everywhere, so to speak. The grace is available. But it's collective. Mm-hmm. And it reaches a certain point where it surfaces as faith and one's formally involved in the practice. And it's apparent that he had this intervention. And, w- and it, the, what's apparent is that, by the, as, this, as the verse says, by the grace of God in the heart, he gets the guru. Hmm? By the grace of guru, he gets God. So he gets God in a way that he didn't have him previously, although he was there. Hmm? And that's the difference between what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was speaking about in Shikshastakam when he says, Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasundarim, Kabitamba, Jagadisha, Kamaye. Jagadisha means the Lord of the world. He's saying, I have no desires. Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasundarim. And only interest in wealth and, and, um, and power and um, uh, relationship with, uh, uh, between the sexes and so forth. Um, um, and therefore, um, the Jagadisha, the Lord of the world, is not his concern. But, I have interest in bhakti. I have hoituki bhakti. I have desire only for bhakti and for the pranishwar. So the Ishwar is mentioned both in the first part of the verse and the second part of the verse. First part is referring to God who presides over the world of people with desires, directing their wanderings, as I said, sanctioning the karmic kind of machine. Hmm? And then Mama Janmani Janmani Ishvare Ishvara again the word is used Mama Janmani Janmani Ishvare Babatad Bhakti Rahoitakitwe He said Oh Lord I only want have desire for Bhakti The second reference hmm, to the Ishwar is the Pranishwar not the Jagadishwar The Pranish Pranishwar means the Lord of my life means my Ishtata that means a more refined and focused conception of God which is appropriate and required for sadhana, for bhakti, and for love, because love requires, um, well, specificity, if you will, more detail of a lovable object that becomes known to you, the more lovable, uh, the more your capacity to love is uh, enhanced. Hmm? Follow? So, by the grace of the guru, we are brought to a conception of God that is more... Um, more um, uh, focused and um, than the general idea of God in the heart. Now, the verse I quoted from Shikshastaka, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu speaks about the stage of, of Ruchi, but as much as the Guru has come into our life and we're treading the path of bhakti, we do have this pranishwar. We have our Ishtadevata, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? Hmm? for example. And, um, but of course, then as we progress, that um, idea becomes more prominent. It's theoretically there. Even theoretically, what I'm saying is we're replacing the general idea of Vishnu in the heart hmm, with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, with, with Radha Krishna, hmm, for example. You follow? In Ruchi, in the state of Ruchi, I often say the theological person becomes a real person. And the false person that I thought was so real, that I was giving so much credence to, that uh, is, is just deconstructed, so to speak. Hmm? So, so this Pranishwar, then, is the Chaitaguru. Hmm? Hmm? And... And although he's uh, there, present, Chaitanya Charitamrita very clearly makes the point that while the Chaitanya Guru is present in the heart, he at the same time manifests externally as the Mahant, uh, the saint who takes the position of the initiating Guru or the instructing Guru, or both. And this instructing guru, this initiating guru, hmm, are a direct manifestation of the Lord in the heart, tailored to us, hmm, and they are therefore where we should pay all of our attention because there's no way where in which God is more present in our life than that. This is the whole emphasis. The, the, the whole 
the first uh, chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita um, discusses this in some some depth. Hmm? And the entire emphasis of Krishnas on the Chaitanya Guru is on the Mahant Guru, on the manifestation of the Chaitanya Guru that's present before us that can speak, so to speak, louder to us than the Guru in heart. Hmm? Who speaks or it requires you pay attention there but the mind is distracting and uh, the senses are distracting there's the call of the wild so to speak and so it's hard to uh, to listen and the guru in the heart Chaitanya Guru manifest therefore it said Sakshat Brajendranandan Chaitanya Charitamrita the guru is Sakshat Brajendranandan he very, makes a very specific statement he's directly not the Paramatma but the Bhagwan. Hmm? who's replaced the Paramatma, whose business is presiding over the world of desires. Hmm? Hmm. Um, he's a witness. Hmm. Uh, he becomes more active. The, the Pranishwar, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as Krishna in our life, Prajnana of Krishna, manifesting as the Guru and goes after us, so to speak. Well, as the, the the general idea of the Chaitanya Guru is he's not very active, he's witnessing. And it's the famous Upanishad example of there's a tree and there's two birds in the tree. One is is watching, the other is tasting fruits, sometimes bitter, sometimes sweet. One is the Paramatma. He's not taking part in the bitter and the sweet fruits. He's observing and, and the implication is he's kind of overseeing it. Okay, making it possible. Mm-hmm. Um such a, such such a such a such a life hmm? life in material existence so the, uh, the because the, the pranishwar is a little more proactive i want to say and manifesting as the guru he speaks louder to us so to speak over our mind over our senses strongly and so forth um, and and so we're interested in the Chaita Guru, we should be interested in the Mahant Guru. Hmm? And when we think we have some inspiration, as sometimes people do, uh, from the Chaita Guru, then there's a way of uh, referencing that hmm? and uh, supporting that and determining hmm? whether it's whether the, the, the epiphany or the insight is coming from God, or it could be coming from my mind, my imagination. And so there's a standard of knowledge, the Guru teaches that, and so forth, and we will, we will look to see that our inspiration corresponds with the path as it's been um, uh, described, and we know we're on the course. And so the Guru kind of gives us the course, and then we can have a check and a balance, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so the extent to which this Chaita Guru is emphasized hmm, in the Gaudiya Vaishnavism is really um, it's it's considerable in one sense, but in the sense that the Chaita Guru manifests externally as the Mahant, as a sadhu. It's Krishna, but he manifests in the form of a sadhu to teach us. doesn't mean the sadhu is Krishna, as we know, but but should be regarded as such, and Krishna has come to us in that way, and in a way that's more prominent than any other way that he's come into our lives. So our prospect lies in paying attention to that manifestation, that form in which God most prominently manifests in our in our life. I mean, we have our... Um, um, and, and this is the thing about the Mahant Guru, the the, 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 the Guru in the form of a, of a saint manifest before us, and so forth, that he or she, as I've often said, speaks and conducts themselves in such a way as that it that it serves to articulate hmm, feelings and thoughts that we may be having that we weren't as well able to articulate, or or they just sound like I agree with that. That makes sense to me. That that is very. I'm drawn to that. It's like not super fit, uh, a, a, super, a, a superimposition or um, external, hmm? but the guidance is. It's like it's coming. Like I wanted to say that, you know. I 
that make that I feel like I couldn't quite say that, but yes. So it's very um, like familiar in a sense. It's home-like. Um, they say you know someone speaks such a way as that. Well, that really hit home. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So the home is in the heart. So if one who's who is a, actually a manifestation in our lives hmm, of the Chaitya Guru externally will speak in such a way that it resonates with our heart. And therefore we, we feel that the connection with the Guru is, is natural and art, artificial. And I often say, Tadvigyanartam se guru mevabhigat chet samatpaneshwatriyam brahminishtam from the Upanishads. One must have a Guru. Hmm. Hmm. And must means I must. I mean, I feel like, not like a law, you must do this and get it done, and, but I, I must. It's more of a compelling kind of feeling. Because hmm? um, it feels familiar and um, um, comfortable and like um, in the homeland of the heart. And you can, and your suspicion is, tends to be suspended hmm? in, that, in that company. And so you're actually being guided beyond your your intellect, which is a kind of proceed with caution type of a of a guidance. Hmm? So Chaitu Guru is 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 there, but um, and 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 people erroneously, you know, invoke the idea of the Chaitu Guru as a um, as an excuse for not. Um, having a, a guru or being initiated and, and so on. So it's, it's a very, um, uh, mis- very much a misunderstanding of the of the principle. Hmm? Um, we have the example of Brahma being enlightened within the heart. Hmm? Right? He had antar darshan, internal darshan. The four slokas of seed slokas of the Bhagavatam were spoken to him internally. He experienced as if it was Krishna externally, but if there was another person sitting there, they wouldn't have seen it. Hmm? Your darshan of the deity may be similar. You may, the deity may speak to you, but nobody else may hear. Hmm? Um, that's one type of darshan. But I'm speaking about the internal darshan because, well, we think the Chaitya Guru in that regard, and we should get guidance from within and so forth. So and this is an example of Brahma, but Brahma, there was nobody else to talk to, <laughs> is kind of the, the reply. Hmm. And he's the Adi uh, Guru, the original Guru in the, in the lineage of the Brahma Madhvagodya lineage, and so on and so forth. Hmm. Um, and of course, you know, it is to make the point. Also, he's said to have meditated for thousands of years, and, and so forth. And so, so uh, to get that kind of guide, to have access to that kind of guidance, hmm. that's not for the common uh, person. Hmm. And it's more abstract, you know. If he can come in a more tangible way, present before us, this is uh, uh, more desirable. Hmm? It's really a misunderstanding of the principle of guru that um, that makes people cautious or uh, off-putting, or there's or I should say also misrepresentation on, in the in the field. Hmm? But of course, as we know, misrepresentation of, can only be misrepresentation of something that actually exists. So seek and, uh, and and you shall find. If you find a misrepresentation, you think, well, good, I figured that out. <laughs> I go on from here. <laughs> something like that. So the emphasis on Chaiti Guru is really the emphasis on the Mahant Guru. Hmm? But in a general sense, Chitete Kori Aikya, Guru Mukha Padma Bhokya Chitete Kori Aikya, it said, that we, I should make the words uh, of the of the guru coming from the lotus mouth of my guru. It's described poetically, Guru Mukha Padma Bokya. Hmm. Guru Mukya Padma. Mukya Padma means lotus mouth. Guru Mukya Padma Bokya. The words, hmm. Chite Te Koriya Aikya. I should make that one with my heart. Hmm. Hmm. So I shouldn't have a other interest in my heart, but his words. But it also implies that the speaking of the Guru's words will be one with my heart. There will be some resonance there. Hmm? Uh, it's, it's, it's not a forced thing, as I say. It's, 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 it's natural. Again, what could be closer to you than your heart? And if there's a guide there and it manifests outside, it should feel like 
It's coming from my heart. It's right there in front of me. Hmm? That's why I say sometimes we, we look at the guru as, my prospect has come before me. Hmm? What I could, could be. And, and it's being exemplified and, and articulated in a way that, um, that um, um, uh, I could not or in a way, in an ongoing way, if I catch up in due course, it always remains ahead of me and uh, uh, always offering uh, inspiration and insight and so forth. Hmm? So this is the idea of the, how to put the Chaitya Guru concept in perspective. Uh, you, you, you know, in a broader sense, outside of um, being formally... Uh, formally treading the path and so forth. Again, there's the concept of the guru, and we can kind of look at it as kind of, or excuse me, of the Chaitya guru, uh, as a, like a good conscience and uh, to do the right thing. It's always the right time to do the right thing. And um, But, you know, people look in that way for God and guidance as to how to proceed within the world. Hmm? We're teaching how to proceed in such a way as to, as to leave the world behind, so to speak, or, or to, to, to understand its meaning, overarching meaning and purpose and function within it in relation to that. Not to find out that we have a God to find our own meaning. What will I do with my life? Hmm? Isn't it? Many people are thinking about they want guidance from God or nature or something like that. How to proceed in my life? Should I get married? Should I go this way? without formally asking those kind of questions. They're looking for guidance from God how to move in the world. And they listen to, the, to nature, listen to the birds. Somebody told me, I, I listen to the birds sing, you know, will the, will, the, will, the, will the God in the heart say the same thing? I said, yeah, mostly the birds are singing for worms or out of, <laughs> out of fear, hmm? you know, or <laughs> mostly... Uh, that's instructive too. We can we can learn from those, those songs, <laughs> but uh, you're not. There's 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 better guidance. You know, what, you know the, the, what, shall I get guidance from God as to what I should do, what my purpose is, or should we get guidance from God about what His purpose is? Now we can move in relation to that. Hmm? So this is the, the the shift you want to make and go in the direction of real. Um, Spiritual, spiritual practice, but, but you know, yeah. In a general sense, God is there in the heart. People feel in their heart they should do this. They get inspiration, uh, but um, that's rather external. Does that help? What else? Yes. Um, what happens to the nature of the jiva when it's in Brahman? What happens to the jiva when it when it merges with Brahman? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Full because you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Sayuja Mukti, okay. we call it. We call it Sayuja. Mm-hmm. Sayuja Mukti. Sayuja Mukti can be attained by Gyan mixed with Bhakti. Gyan Mishra Bhakti. Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma Nasojati Nakankshati Samasarveshu Bhuteshu Mad Bhakti Malabhate Param. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Gamisra Bhakti, one can get Sayuja if one wants, or one may get up to Shantarasa. Hmm? Param, therefore, the word Param is used. Hmm? Uh, that refers to Shantarasa. But many people engage, or some people, in Bhakti with a view to merge into Brahman, because that's their conception of the Absolute, and, and, and Bhakti is said to be efficacious. So there are Gyanis that mix Bhakti in their practice with their ideal of entering the Sayuja. Hmm? So Krishna in the Gita and throughout the Bhagavatam and uh, in other places also it's emphasized if we look carefully, which is the, really the contribution of the Goswamis in one sense. They, they drew from so many texts and developed a collective of, of, of Bhakti Shastras that draw from the texts this concerted message um, this one in particular I'm speaking about that but only by bhakti hmm, can one attain mukti. Hmm? Now, in the Upanishads, we say by jnana one can attain mukti. Of course, then we will show how jnana means bhakti in the fullest sense of the term. Hmm? Uh, so, Krishna says in the Gita, Mama, what does he say? 
Mama Maya Duratyaya. You can't cross over my Maya. But if by surrendering to me, then, it's, then it becomes possible. I can lift the veil. So, those Ganis who have regard for bhakti hmm, and employ bhakti uh, to understand the self, this would be like a sattvic orientation towards bhakti. Hmm? Faith in the Atma, that is sattvic. Hmm? Faith in, 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 in bhakti, that is nirgun, hmm? transcendental. So, anyway, they get bhakti, hmm? they leave gyan behind, and bhakti gives them mukti sayuja. So what is that like? That's your question. What is that sayuja? The Advaitins, of course, they think that the, that the individuality, the jiva itself, is an illusion. There's one universal pulsing intelligence, soul, or, or, or awareness. Awareness. Hmm. This is all there is, just awareness. Of what? Just awareness. There's no there's no what to be aware of, which is rather odd. That's why Ramanuja makes this. That's the first, uh, the first uh, frontal attack. Consciousness, pure subjectivity, without any objectivity, this has no meaning. Hmm? You speak of awareness. There's nothing to be aware of. Hmm? Uh, aware of yourself, but there's no individual self. So anyway, there's a. This is their idea that the jiva. Hmm, the classic example being what? If, if you had a clay pot, you put a lid on it, there'd be some sky in it. Hmm? But as soon as you break the pot, there's no individual piece of sky. There's only sky. This is the Advaitin idea. So the individuality of the jiva is thought to be illusory. Hmm? So that kind of merging that they talk about Hmm. Gaudiya Vaishnavism doesn't acknowledge that that uh, is a reality. That the jiva is there is there as we said last night there is the jiva shakti jiva tattva. Hmm. It is the shakti of Bhagwan. Hmm. If you look carefully, the, 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 the jiva Maya shakti and jiva shakti, which constitutes the world, hmm. um, there's more compelling reason, philosophical reason, for there being a world. When we look at the um, um, absolute from the perspective of bhakti, because at, at Bhagwan, Bhagwan is primarily ananda, loving. He knows and exists to love. So knowing and existing, hmm? knowledge and existence. They're part of loving. Hmm? So, maya, and this is another way of talking about it, maya shakti is existence. It's not a knowing existence, but it's existence. And the jiva is a knowing existence. Hmm? So these things exist, knowing exists. Uh, uh, and, and, well, <laughs> these things exist, existence exists. There's an existence and there's knowing because there's loving, as I often say. Hmm? You could have an, an ex- existence that didn't know, but you can't have a knowing existence that didn't exist. And you could have a knowing existence that didn't love, but you can't have a loving existence that doesn't know and doesn't exist. Hmm? So the jiva is a knowing unit, in a sense. Hmm? And, uh, and maya, maya shakti is, is an existence. Hmm? They are a necessary part, aspect of a loving absolute. It plays itself out as the world, it plays itself out in Goloka and in Vaikuntha to different degrees, so on and so forth, in Brahman, in Paramatma conception. So, so anyway, there's a Jiva Tattva, according to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So, still we acknowledge the Sayuja. So, it is a is a condition in which the jiva identifies with Brahman, Brahmananda, Brahmagyan, Brahmagyan knowledge of Brahman, Brahma, Brahmananda, the bliss of Brahman. The bliss of Brahman is more than the bliss of the Atma. Atmananda, Brahmananda, but they're very similar. Bhaktiananda, that's a huge leap hmm, by comparison. Hmm? So he identifies with the Ananda of Brahman. Makes it makes his 
her connection there. And there's no, there's no object, I mean, spiritual object of, uh, like in Shantarasa, where there's the beatific vision, if you will, meditation on the beautiful form. In Shantarasa, the, the pastimes, the qualities of Bhagwan are not relevant. The form is. In Brahman, the form of God is not manifest. That lower down they go on the scale, so to speak, in terms of the degree to which the Swarup Shakti is manifest, which Bhakti is the essence of, then qualities become diminished, form, movement becomes diminished, and so forth. So it's eternal stillness. Uh, we, 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 we speak about it, in the Gaudi Acharya speak about it in a derogatory way, really. Kaivalyam Narakayate, Vishwana says. It's like worse than hell, because there's no prospect for Bhakti there. Hmm? In this world, which is people seek to get out of and attain liberation, he's saying, I'd rather be in this world. There's a chance for bhakti. There we sometimes refer to as a spiritual suicide because the, the full prospect of the jiva, as I mentioned the other day, jiva has a, a number of different qualities. Some of those qualities are, are qualities in potential that require an environment for them to manifest. That environment being, because it's tatasta, either maya shakti or Sarup Shakti, either side, the, the water or the land, hmm? to give the example of the Tathasta being the borderline between the two. Hmm? So if you don't, if you're not on one side, hmm, the Maya Shakti, and you're not really under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, hmm, only enough to enter into Brahman, hmm, then there's certain qualities like qualitative, the, 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 he has the ability to have qualitative experiences, to be a person. Hmm? So it's, it's not going to manifest. So everything about the jiva is not going to manifest there. And, and so sometimes it's referred to as kind of a spiritual suicide. And uh, although it's, if somebody wants it, they can have it. Bhakti can afford it to someone. From the devotional perspective, it's not desirable. Uh, the prospect for bhakti is more or less... Um, extinguished there. It'd be Deha Mukti. And, and then for a Jivan Mukta, who's still in this world, there's scope for Bhakti hmm? to still come into his or her life. But in that situation, yeah, it's kind of like no, no, no man's land. Uh, it's liberated from all... It's the end of all suffering. Hmm? Therefore, it's described... The bliss of Brahman is described by the Godias in a kind of a negative way, that it's the end of suffering. Hmm? And it doesn't have a positive connotation. I mean, it has a positive connotation. Like I often say, zero has a positive connotation in relation to negative numbers. The end of suffering is not happiness. Hmm? If you have cancer, let's say you have, you're told you have cancer and you have six months to live. Well, you've got to deal with that. You've got to digest that. You start talking to a couple of friends. I've only got six months to live. And the doctor calls you in for the second checkup. And he says, actually, we found out we had somebody else's. You know, scan here, it's not yours. It's like, whoa! His heart starts beating and feeling like, whoa, what a relief. So it's pretty pretty happy. Hmm? But if you're just to remain in that condition, I'm happy, I don't have cancer. You've got to be able to go out and tell everybody and then start to act accordingly and, and, and uh, you know, uh, reschedule that vacation and... Uh, uh, and, and so forth, and cancel your funeral, you know, arrangements, <laughs> and so on. Uh, so, just the moment, if you will, of relief, hmm, in and of itself, doesn't constitute the full, constitute the full face of, of happiness. So it's a huge uh, relief, end of troubles, end of all uh, struggles. Um, that uh, uh, it's not desirable from a bhakti. Uh, point of view, where in struggles are not a problem hmm, if it's required for pleasing Bhagwan. That's how we end hmm, problems. And, there, and, then there are, and then there are apparent problems even in the Leela. Hmm, right? <coughs> Dangers are coming, and Krishna has to save you, <laughs> and so on and so forth. Uh, that's a more exciting existence, if you will. That's a, it's a really a spiritual life. I mean, it's kind of like a spiritual, it's like a 
death to material life and you continue to survive, but there's nothing to do. I mean, it's a crude way of speaking about it, but, but for the sake of comparison. So it's fully, it's identified there and it doesn't um, identify any difference and certain qualities of the jiva don't have the opportunity that our potentialities don't have the opportunity to manifest. Hmm? So you look at those qualities and you cross them off. Yeah, the opportunity, the ability to have qualitative experiences, to, to apprehend, exercise will. For example, in the Leela, there is will is exercised. Hmm? In Brahman, there's no, there's no will. What's there to do? Make a choice. There's no. Hmm? In this world, there seems to be some will. Hmm? But then we make choices, and those choices are, re- karmically speaking, are reinforced to the extent that there's these samskars are driving us, and we are forced, so to speak, by, by our past preoccupations to make the same choices again and again and again. Although two choices may be presented, we can keep, we'll continue to make the same one. That's why you need very powerful kind of intervention to change the course of your preoccupation. Your chitta is filled with vrittis and impressions, and you're functioning according to them. Hmm? You need some powerful intervention to, to, to check that. And chitta darpanamashan, to chitta vritti nirota, to use yogic language, to clear the chittas, the vrittis, vrittis from the chitta. Hmm? Fortify the buddhi and intellect with spiritual directives from the text, from the guru. Hmm? And stop functioning according to the vrittis. So here, by that divine intervention, you can see the opportunity for will in a meaningful sense to express itself. Will is there, opportunities are presented, but <laughs> we, we are driven in a certain way by the, by the past, largely to just continue to make the same choices. So the more you identify with matter, the more you really, in effect, do become more or less like an automaton. You're working according to the, uh, the, the dictates of material nature. But by divine intervention, you start to be separated from, from matter, and you are a unit of, of will. And so what the Sarup Shakti does manifest as bhakti, is facilitates that. So what we find, for example, in, in Prem, in, in Lila Seva to Krishna, hmm, that it's not, in a sense, it's a very general idea, let me move only according to the will of God. Let me matram babasavisachin from Gita. Let be an instrument only for your, what, what, you, what you want. That's the beginning stage. But when we enter into Prem, like you take Sakiras, for example, all these cowards, they got all kind of desires. They all fit within kind of the daydream of God that we call Lila, the Sarup Shakti. Hmm? They're all pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? You understand? They ha- their will is, they're, they're making choices. Some like mangoes, some like bananas. Hmm? <laughs> What's that all about? Hmm? You understand? Hmm? Swarup Shakti, Bhakti, facilitates will and gives it a context. The will of Krishna is being manifest in the Leela almost before he thinks about it by Yogamaya. Therefore, Yogamaya is described like a shadow following Krishna everywhere. And it just as he starts to anticipate, let there be, and it happens. Something like that. So, such as whatever he wants happens. So in the context of the Leela, then we're kind of connected with that. And then the, the devotees have wants in the Leela, but they're all in relation, all connected with Prem, out of love for Krishna. Hmm? I'm motivated out of love for Krishna, but I, I, I want this, and, and, I, and that will be pleasing to Krishna. So they have all kinds of different desires. It's very interesting. Hmm? But they're not... Um, independent desires that are based on ignorance and attachment and bring about suffering, they bring pleasure to Bhagwan. Hmm? Follow? So, 
it's a very different conception of, of, of liberation. Therefore, we often don't use the term liberation, which is a negative context. It's kind of positive. Free from, again, suffering. Hmm? That's included within the idea of, of, of bhakti. Hmm? And so there are these certain qualities that, of, the, of the jiva that are potentialities in that environment, they, they manifest. Hmm. What else? Yes? That's my related question. Um, what place, if any, is there for the devotee to experience the Absolute as Brahman and as Paramatma? For the devotee? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking of the range of experience of the bhakta, um, having experienced the absolute is bhagavan, and then also have other kinds of experiences um, in the course of the bhakta's life. Mm-hmm. Well, there are different kinds of bhaktas, and for example, you know, Sukadeva was a bhakta, so he experienced Brahman. Hmm? And then experienced um, Bhagwan, so it kind of depends on the the approach. Hmm? Some come from um, uh, one side or another side. Mostly, people are coming from the dark side, uh, if you will, and uh, from the you know, the abyss of ignorance. They come to bhakti, but some people come. They're first they're doing yoga, hmm, you know, or something, or 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 you have the case of uh, Sukadev, Gyani, hmm, um, hmm? so. But I, I would guess I would guess in 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 general that the um, the the path of bhakti is focused on Bhagawan, not on Paramatma and Brahman. It's not that you realize Brahman, and then Paramatma, and then and then Bhagawan, hmm? but in the context of realizing Bhagawan, you can you can. I guess you could say know what the ex- experience of Brahman is, and, and, and the experience of Brahman is very similar to um, Atmananda. Brahmananda, Atmananda, very similar. Hmm? So you become acquainted with yourself as a unit of consciousness in the context of bhakti, and I would say that's kind of very similar to the idea of of Brahman. The opportunity in Brihad Bhagavatamrita is presented to Gopal Kumar in his travels, if you will, on bhakti, to enter into Brahman. Hmm? It's shown to him. Hmm? And there's a draw, because the jiva is consciousness, Brahman is consciousness. Hmm? And there's this familiarity compared to my ability to mix with material nature. It just doesn't happen. It's a, it's a bad fit. Hmm? So it's described there as like, the opportunity of mukti presents itself, Brahman. It's attractive, but but because of his path, because of his sangskar for bhakti and so forth, he he avoids entering in there. So he, in that sense, he has familiarity with it, and 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 some type of experiential familiarity that uh, that by which he determines, I haven't reached my destination here. Not that he enters into Brahman entirely, but hmm, it showed itself to him, Gopakumar. Now when you speak of Paramatma, there's a couple of ideas here of Paramatma. One is as I speak of the the Paramatma presiding over the world and so forth. Well, that Paramatma is a manifestation of Narayan. hmm, Right? So following that, like in the Yoga Sadhana, Ishvara Pranidhan, to submit to the Ishwar hmm, um, in one's yoga yoga practice hmm, uh, it results in the optimum in Shantarasa, hmm, which, in which the Paramatma is the object of one's love. Hmm. So this Paramatma kind of enfolds in, in or goes back into Narayan and one is in Vaikuntha on the outskirts, meditating on the beatific vision of, of the Paramatma. Hmm? Um, so, 
in that regard, Gopakumar had said to have had experience of, of the Paramatma and that possibility and so forth. This is called Kram Bikram, Mukti, going step by step. But not every devotee goes step by step and experiences all the possibilities on the way. Hmm? Some will go, and he had no siksha. Hmm? He had mantra, very little siksha, and the mantra taught him. Hmm? And where he went, he got siksha, that's true, hmm? which helped him. So with enough siksha, then without, one won't be preoccupied, and then we'll go directly to the experience of, of, of Bhagawan. Hmm? And... Um, And I guess I want to say no. Um, theoretically, and no, in as much as those experiences are included within Bhagawan. Hmm? So it's it's really not there's not much scope, I don't think, for experiencing them separately. And that would be a uh, there. There's a there's a there's a particular samna for that <coughs> unto itself, which is. Uh, rather uh, consuming, as is the path of, of bhakti. And so these are really different faces of the Absolute that correspond with different paths. Hmm? And um, so you're really asking if on the course of pursuing Bhagawan, what is the prospect for experiencing the other two as well? They're hard enough to experience by the paths that are directly correspond with them. Hmm? that they are the objects of, the goal of. Hmm? Um, and it's good on your path to focus on your goal and be exclusive in that if you want to attain it. Hmm? But again, then, they are contained within Bhagawan, so I would tend to think of it, or talk about it more like that, in the context of only pursuing Bhagawan, all that is contained within Brahman and Paramatma is also experienced. Does that help? Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking of a situation where um, a devotee goes to the ocean and is sitting on the beach and experiences the awe reverence. Yeah. In, in, in the actual experience of, of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's. Like this, this is the experience of, of, of Krishna, the, the, the affect in. Us is the, the effect of this connection with Krishna, but it seems in that case not to be um, God the form. Yeah, that's that. What what that is that's mentioned in the Gita. We call that vibhuti. Krishna says there are ways vibhuti avatar. So it's a type. Of, there are powerful, powerful manifestations of nature, like. The ocean, the mountaintop, and they're breathtaking and awe-inspiring, and so forth. And Krishna says, of bodies of water, for example, I am the ocean. Hmm? You know, of immovable things, I am the Himalayas, and so forth. So it is, it is, and he says, I'm just said to mention a few things here. You know, yeah. The point is that any powerful manifestation of nature that gives you kind of an aha, you know, moment, an epiphany, a sense like I'm small. I'm small, and I should bow down here. That these are um, um, manifestations of Krishna in a general sense, and then if you have some bandhagyan, then they can be refined and so forth. And 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 there's more to the experience of reverential love of God than than that. But it's a it's a it's a it's a glimpse of the idea. Mm. Of the, of the experience, and those kind of experiences are important, and valuable, and they, and at a certain point, they're very, very helpful to us and very uh, help to move move us along the path. Um, but again, um, I, you know, animism is a kind of a well, a similar kind of worshiping a powerful. Manifestations of nature that provides for us, let's say, in in, in some way. Um, I think that that is included within the inclusiveness of bhakti, as such that it that it, it, it encompasses that experience as well. 
And then if you add to that the sambandha gyan, the, the proper conceptual orientation of bhakti, you could worship the ocean mm-hmm. and become completely Krishna conscious. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, the shakti of Bhagawan, and I offer, you know, I'll offer the art and flowers, and all the devotees say, he's in Maya, he worships the ocean, you know. <laughs> but uh, with the proper orientation, you can, you can make out of it all that there is to be um, found there. So those are valid and important experiences, but to bring them, you know, into context and in good associations, then you can make the most out of, uh, out of what they were. Hmm? That help? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're out of time. We'll stop there. See, see, go on it and then the key guy, or back to bring the key guy. Oh, Premanandi.